0: He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got out of that one.
1: Oh my gosh, that is amazing. Layup with an iron into the hazard. <laughs> oh my God! You had to deal with the golf course people too. Well, that
2: wasn't quite what I meant, you know.
3: Good Tuesday morning, everyone. Welcome into another edition of the 73rd hole. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, and Sam. Humphrey's coming at you. We, of course, are the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Head over to GolfOklahoma.org. A lot of phenomenal content over there as we prepare for the Senior PGA Championship at Southern Hills coming up in just a few weeks. Now I'm holding in my hand the special preview issue for the 2021 KitchenAid Senior PGA at Southern Hills coming up Memorial Day weekend in Tulsa. Southern is a beautiful, beautiful Perry Maxwell design. Love the way Perry Maxwell does things, and that will be a great tournament up. Up at Southern Hills, we got the Walker Cup coming up this weekend. We weren't on yesterday. We were out at Oak Tree for a local U.S. Open qualifier. That was a lot of fun. Uh, so we got a lot to get to today. We've got the the Valspar recapping Sam Burns' win. We got Quell Hollow coming up later this week, and of course we've got the Walker Cup down in Seminole. That includes both Austin Eckroat from Oklahoma State and Quade Cummins from Oklahoma. But before we get into all that, we've got to welcome to the show Ryan Rodie, who is the director of swing instruction at southern hills the famed course of uh really these next couple of years for the state of oklahoma as the senior pga will be there here in just a couple of weeks and then the pga championship will be there next year ryan roadie also works with some of these walker cuppers some of these uh elite amateurs around the state of oklahoma so now we want to welcome to the show southern hills ryan roadie ryan we really appreciate you taking the time today glad you could join us how's it going
1: doing great. Thanks for having me.
3: Absolutely. We're glad you could join us. Uh, let's just get started here. Obviously, you're a swing guru here in the state of Oklahoma, working with a lot of the elite amateurs in the state, a lot of guys trying to make uh, make it professionally. But I just want to know, you, you know your journey through the game of golf, how you got into the game of golf, and how you got to be where you are now as the Director of Instruction at Southern Hills.
1: Yeah, so my story would be that I played college golf uh, at a small school in Kansas. And Kind of shortly after that, I kind of pursued the, the golf journey. Um, took me to a couple of different clubs. I went out to California for a year, then Austin, Texas. And um, really, it kind of started when I moved to Dallas um, in 2010. So I got a job at Brook Hollow Golf Club as an assistant golf professional and, start, and worked for Simon Buckle, who was the head pro, and uh, started kind of teaching a lot with Cameron McCormick there. And at the time, he was teaching a lot of elite junior players in Dallas and kind of most notably Jordan speed. So I got to kind of sit in on some of those types of lessons and watch him work with those players. And that was definitely where the interest kind of sparked for me, you know, watching him do that and the way he'd do it, the interaction he'd have with those guys and kind of figured through watching him and learning through him that that's something that I really wanted to do. So, um, worked with him for about four and a half years in and, and Dallas, and then I left to become kind of the head pro and, and uh, director of instruction at Gallardia in Oklahoma City. And a few of the guys that Cameron had worked with that were driving down to Dallas, um, probably most notably Austin, that was living in Oklahoma City, he kind of came over and wanted me to take a look at him and knew I'd worked a little bit with Cameron, and we just kind of hit it off. And um, I'd probably say once Austin and I started working together that that kind of word of mouth through Austin is what kind of started getting some guys going, uh, coming to me. Then I just kind of developed a relationship with those guys and kind of hit the ground running.
4: Yeah, absolutely, Mr. Ray. This is uh, Taylor Williams, by the way. i wanted to introduce myself. I know that we haven't fortu- uh, we haven't met officially yet, but yeah. one and two, I've heard so many great things about you. I know that you uh, you actually teach one of my good friends, Cody Burrows, as well um, on the side. Yeah. So that's um, that's very awesome. And I've heard nothing but great things. So just uh, kind of go. You yeah. kind of dived into how you got started into teaching. Kind of dive into a little bit your uh, your teaching philosophy a little bit because I know that you um, you kind of like to um, you know you're dealing with Quade, Austin, wrote, um Cody. You know you deal with all kinds of different 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 people so how do you find the fine line between you know teaching and helping someone while also connecting to them on that personal level and making sure that they learn exactly what you're trying
1: to tell them yeah I think for me I just I really try to sit down with that person I'm I'm teaching or coaching and and kind of try to figure out who they are as a player you know everybody's a little bit different Um, you know some guys are technical want to know it all some guys are really field players and so Ask them a lot of questions at the beginning and try to just get to know them, how they're thinking on the golf course, what their thoughts are, what their past instructions have been like, what shots they like to hit, what they see when they play. And then just kind of continue to build and feed off that. Um, you know, some sometimes as a guy we're working on maybe just one or two things for, you know, seven or eight lessons and just trying to hone those in and get a little bit better to produce what they see on the golf course. But, Big thing for me is just I treat everybody differently as an individual. Um, I'm not trying to make their swing look like a certain picture. I'm trying to let them play the very best that they can, hit the shots that they want to hit, talk to them about rounds, let them, uh, you know, they they give me feedback about how they're playing, how they're hitting shots. And um, again, everybody's different. Try to build skills through some technique and kind of blend those together. And, um, you know, that's, that's the big thing for me. I don't really like to just go hey it's got to look a certain way or you know this position has got to be here everybody's going to be a little different in that regard
0: yeah ryan this is sam humphreys here um you know, one of my best friends, Quade Cummins, uh, when he started working with you, um, you know, I saw extreme improvement in his game, and he speaks, like I said, really highly uh, of you and your teaching ability. He says uh, you know everything, but you don't necessarily tell him everything. and And I, I just wanted you to speak, uh, obviously, with the Walker Cup coming up this week. Um, speak a little bit about Quade's improvement um, and and what you've seen from Quade since. Uh, maybe that first lesson that he came up to see you
1: yeah so Quade's um yeah he's really kind to say that but quade's probably one of the the hardest workers i've ever seen um you know i think i found that out pretty early where i'd give him a couple things to work on and he'd grind and grind send me swing videos of him nine thirty at night in the co-center grinding hey is this better and I'd say, you know, I might say, Hey, that's better a little more this way. And then I get another video back, you know, like 10, 15. I'm like, he's still working on it. Like in the dark, this guy's insane. Um, so he's, he's just continued to work so hard through this whole process. Um, and he, he's always looking for more. He's not really satisfied with, you know, never satisfied with, Hey, that was a solid top five. Um, you know, he's, he's kind of like, let's build on it. What are, what's, what are we going to do next? Um, I've just seen he's, he's really kind of taken ownership of his golf swing. Uh, he's done a really good job kind of understanding a couple key fundamentals. And I feel like now he knows what those fundamentals are that make him um, swing the golf club really well. And I think it used to be he just kind of played really by feel. Um, I think he still does a nice job of doing that, but now he's got a couple key things that kind of make him sound um, – some of those things are just, you know, keeping his setup really consistent and keeping his takeaway nice and tight. Those are kind of once he does that, then he starts to really swing the golf club really well. Um, but I think it's for him, he's just done a great job of continuing to get better, put the work in. Um, there's few people that have worked as hard as him on their, on their golf swing, and, and I think that that's why he's continued to play so well.
0: Yeah, Ryan, does that uh, does that preparation leading up to big events look different um, as far as being their swing coach, or or do you guys normally just kind of work on the same things and and uh, make sure the, the setup looks nice and uh, and those like you said those little things that you uh, work on with each different guy, but like with uh, Ekro and Quade having some big golf coming up this May, um, do, do you taper down everything or do you actually kind of ramp everything up?
1: So, I, yeah, I try to be really mindful of, you know, when that next tournament is, when they're playing, and then kind of where – and also just where they're out with their games too. Um, it's been a bit since I've seen Austin. He's done a really good job of, of being self-sufficient. He plays a lot of go, a lot of golf, and, you know, he may shoot me a, a vid. I watched him play at Big 12. I still haven't seen him this year. Um, so he does a great job of being self-sufficient and understanding his game. Um, and as far as Quaid goes, you know, when he comes, we know – We'll sit down and talk before that session starts and say, okay, next tournament's in eight days. We want to accomplish this, be able to kind of hit this tee ball, feel a little bit uh, tighter with this club, and then no yardages. Um, we might spend three quarters or less than just hitting balls and making sure that he's got the yardage feel for all of his iron shots um, leading into a tournament. And uh, a lot of times we'll calibrate that track, man, so that he knows, hey, you're about to go play at sea level in Florida, you know, 8-iron usually goes 182, but you're going to be playing that at 173 this week. So just get the feel of hitting that shot. That's flying 173. So a lot of little things like that. And then kind of like I said earlier, just check it up on their kind of foundational or blueprint pieces that um, we want to make sure we can check the boxes on.
3: This is Ryan Rohde joining us. He's the Director of Instruction at Southern Hills Country Club here in Tulsa. Be hosting the Senior PGA in a few weeks and the PGA Championship next year. Ryan, you, you talked a lot about your guys, how hard they work, what all they put into it. But you as a, as a coach, you get these guys coming in and you see the amazing golf they play at Prairie Dunes where Quade finishes T2. Ekro shoots the low round of the day in the final round, uh, a 65, to get himself up into solo fifth. They're both high up in the PGA Tour U rankings, and they're both playing in the Walker Cup this weekend. As an instructor, that has to give you a great sense of pride. So, so what does it feel like watching two of your star pupils have such incredible success this season?
1: Yeah, it's awesome. I'm just so excited for them. Um, excited to be a small part of their journey. They're great, great guys. I think the fun, probably a cool thing to share with you guys is just their, uh, their flow out there at the Big 12 is what I was most impressed with. You know, they would uh, – Austin, whenever I've gone out to watch him, he's always just kind of – he's pretty loose and chill um pretty jovial out there, and then just kinda comes up, hey, thanks for coming, comes and says something. He looks like he's about to go tee off in like the the noon game at Oak Tree with a couple of his buddies when, <laughs> you know, everybody else looks looks a lot tighter than he does out there. Right. And then uh you know, Quay just kind of kind of very similar, a little you know, just kind of nice and calm and looks like he's gonna go do his thing kind of the same way. Um it's it's pretty cool to see them in their element. Uh definitely helps me go out there and get some game film and watch what they swing the club like under that kind of pressure and watch the way their body moves um, but yeah I was just really really proud of them and excited for them um, both of them played some great golf and deserve what they're what they're going to get to go do uh, this week at the Walker Cup super excited to watch that too
4: Yes, yeah, we, we definitely are here too, Ryan. And, you know, we, we got to see that firsthand up there at Prairie Dunes with how calm they were able to keep themselves. It really was astonishing. I'm, I watched uh, Austin make about a 60-footer um, on the 70th hole of the tournament, and um, obviously he was very excited, but yet it, it was just like he made the putt at the at his Oak Tree money game, you know, that kind of thing. And he went on to the next hole yeah. and wanted to finish birdie-birdie. And, you know, one thing, Ryan, to your testament that, that I, th- I find so interesting is that, you know, obviously you, grow, you grew up and you kind of got into it with, with Jordan Spieth and all that, and so – but along this line, you've been able to teach some really good players. And so, you know, one thing I, f- I want to ask you, Ryan, is that, you know, have you been able to learn anything from from your students in particular? Like, have you learned anything, like, from Quaid that you could teach on to, like, on to Austin? Like, not necessarily, like, technical-wise, but just from anything, seeing so many great players play, can you pick up on one or two little things that they do that you might be able to share for the rest of your career? Yeah, for
1: sure. I think I try to pick little pieces from – you know, all those elite players that, you know, help me understand, you know, how to teach those guys better, but teach everybody better, you know, uh, and I might go hit some bunker shots and you might want to do something a little different. I'll say, you know, Hey, show me that spinner. I want to see how you do that. And I'll, you know, I'll video him do that. I'll, I continue to watch those types of shots later on to see, Hey, what is he doing to make this thing spin backwards from 30 yards? Um, Austin, I used to do that a lot. You know, we'd go, we'd get our stuff done and I'd probably block some extra time for us to go just hit some other types of shots. He'd show me different chip shots. Uh, Something I've learned from him that I think is really hard to teach is he can, he can chip around the greens like a six or seven iron um, and just have touch on it. Like it's a like 56 degree. So, you know, just definitely watch them hit all these different kinds of shots and, and uh, you know, video that stuff, keep it archived for later use for them. And also for somebody else that's trying to hit, Certain style
0: of shots like that for sure, but I've learned a lot from those guys. Yeah, Ryan, um, and, and and we've been talking a lot about Quade and Ekro. Um, but you've you've taught you've taught other guys uh, such as Hayden Wood. You've taught Brad Dalkey, um, and, and I've seen improvement in everyone's game that you've gone that has gone to you. Um, it is and you're going to have a big uh, kind of group of guys that are going to be out there on tour, on the mini tours coming up like very soon. Um, it, and, and you even teach uh, Emerson uh, who is from Oak tree, yeah. who is, who is a younger guy. I, I don't know if people know about him, but he's a 12 year old who's one of the best in the country and you teach him as well. Basically my point, Ryan, yeah. is it is, um, being one of the bigger teachers in the U S like something you aspire to be, or do you just really enjoy helping these guys improve? Um, and, and, and just kind of tell me about like what your goals are as a teacher, uh, coming up here in the future, because you're about to, you're about to hit it big. Uh, if, if, uh, you know, all the, all the cards fall, right? Yeah, I think
1: like, um, for me, it's just kind of having that relationship with those guys. Um, you know, I, I love being able to go to Southern Hills every day and teach the membership. We've got a really cool group of young kids uh, out at Southern where um, you guys may have seen some of the Instagram, like combine stuff that we do. So it's been really fun helping that kind of younger generation kind of come up at Southern and kind of create the vibe of the club. It's really it's been really good for all those kids in the club. And, um, you know, I love living here in Tulsa. Tulsa's great. And I want to just be able to be here for those guys you know, as much as I can too. Um, I know Clay and Austin plan on kind of staying around Oklahoma and staying at Oak tree, being around that really kind of up and coming group out there uh, that's playing golf. So hopefully I can just continue to work with them through their journey as they, you know, come home for a week or, you know, maybe go out once or twice a year for some of those events, but definitely just want to be there for them. And um, when that time comes for them and we want to sit down and talk about that, then I'm, I'm excited to kind of hear how I can continue to help them. So, just really excited, going to be fun for them. Uh, the PJ Tour is usually really cool. And then um, hopefully those guys can also get some other types of exemptions in the PJ Tour once they get done with their run here in the postseason too.
0: Yeah, and I just want to let our listeners know that when Ryan says, you know, that he wants to just be there for those guys, he means it because I've been on the range or uh, obviously I live with Brad Dalkey many times, you know, and, and they are FaceTiming you and you'll answer a FaceTime uh, any time of the day. And if they have any questions, you just really help them through that. So I just wanted to let the listeners know that it's not just the hour lesson that you may get at Southern Hills. It's, you know, um, you're, you're helping these guys out uh, whenever they really need it. And I think that's awesome.
3: Yeah, it's incredible. And and Sam, Sam mentioned Southern Hills there. And Ryan, I was just going to ask, you know, you talked about living in Tulsa in the Tulsa area. My wife's from Tulsa, my in-laws live up there. And I think that I could still make a pretty strong argument that the best thing about Tulsa is Southern Hills. It's just a phenomenal (laughs) golf course, senior PGA this year, PGA championship next year with the major championship golf coming to town with the redesign, uh, Gil hands coming in the sub air systems. What's it like to be out at Southern every day? And just basically that's, that's your office. That's got to be pretty cool
1: yeah i mean it's just it's a dream facility to be able to coach and and work with people we've got all the technology you know kind of right at our disposal um is in such great shape we've got a really neat practice facility where we've got what we call the triplets we can hit kind of any wedge shot from like 90 yards or less long bunker shots downhill side hill uphill to all these different hole locations um so it just allows allows me to help all my players, and we can kind of go figure out um, whatever we want to do. And I love having our West Nine. You know, our West Nine is kind of the nine hole golf course where we can go out and jump out and play. No tee times out there. So sometimes we'll get get our work done with one of our players that we're coaching, and go out there and hit some shots, and just be able to go out and feel like we're already on the golf course in just a second. That's really nice to have too. That that makes a big difference for sure.
4: Yeah, I tell you what, Ryan. That that West Nine at Southern really gets uh, doesn't get as enough, enough credit as it as it needs. You know, because a lot of people don't even know that Southern Hills has twenty seven holes out there. And uh, you know, right. once people get out there and they play it and they see it, it's uh, it can really blow you away to think, oh man, there's there's nine more holes on this property that are just as nice. I mean, this is really astounding and uh, it's really cool. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned that you played um, college golf, Ryan. So you know, uh, you've obviously been really gracious with your time today. And you know, before yeah. uh, before you run off, get out of here, go get off teaching for the day. Kind uh, of tell us a little bit about your game you know are you going to go out there and play Austin and Quaid anytime soon out at Southern or uh, are you kind of uh, you like to sit back and watch obviously more nowadays but kind of tell us about your game and uh, and uh, what, what you bring to the table nowadays
1: yeah I love to play um, you know I try to I try to carve out the time when I can for sure usually I try to make a little bit of a summer run with our you know section TNC and match play tournament we do and then uh, my good friend Seth Bryan who's out He's teaching at Flint Hills now. But him and I like to team up for some of the section two-man events and and make our runs for that. We enjoy getting out there. I think it just really helps me as a coach to to still play competitively um, in that environment because I feel like that I can really relate to the guys when they're talking to me about those things. I feel like I've got a lot better understanding when I put myself in the fire um, and I can help them better for that reason. As far as, like, playing with Clay Noss, I like to do that. Our time is pretty valuable where – you know, a lot of times I might just watch them play some holes, but I know they're going to smoke me too. Uh, (laughs) But I do, I do like when I'm feeling good. I've had a couple of times where we might, you know, I might chip against them or something and and give them a little run for their money. So that's, that's also pretty fun for me to do. Yeah.
0: Ryan, you said something earlier that I wanted to touch on. Uh, you, You mentioned that um, you look at how their body moves under pressure, and so maybe give a, a couple little tips to our listeners um, about how to maybe calm the nerves um, uh, under pressure, uh, technically wise, um, and, and then and then let them know maybe if there's any tips like um, uh, under pressure, maybe like. Putting, or or uh, maybe if you're if you have like a hundred yard shot and you got to uh, try to give yourself a birdie look in your in your money game here in Oklahoma City, just let them know something maybe that uh, you can do uh, technically wise to calm to calm the nerves.
1: So I'll say the the first thing you do if you're really feeling nervous, is just kind of take a, a breath in through your nose, out through your mouth. That'll that's actually proven to kind of slow your heart rate down. That might be right before you start your routine. And then I kind of backtrack and say when you're hitting balls in the range, make sure that you're hitting shots that feel really purposeful. Um, So many guys just go out there and they kind of almost like panic practice or panic warm up where they're just trying to get as many reps in and try to find something before they play. But if you can practice with, you know, specific targets and where you're going through a routine, that's going to make that on-course pressure feel a little bit more of the same, I would say. Because if you're just kind of hitting balls out of routine and you go to the golf course and try to do something different, it's just going to feel so different where you're going to run into some problems. So good breath, have a really nice routine, practice that routine, and then that way that, that range practice and the on-course practice can feel a little more similar where it's not feeling like it. it's, it's so crazy out there where you're going to go into panic mode.
3: Yeah, and it's always funny, you know. I've heard that a hundred times, and uh, I didn't play <laughs> collegially. I'm a I'm a pretty decent recreational golfer, but I didn't play at a high level like a lot of these other guys. And you know, I've I've been told forever, practice with a purpose. Practice with a purpose. But I still find myself going out to the range and just going through the motions, just making swings to make swings and get loose before a round. So that's good info yeah. uh, for all of our amateurs there. Uh, I, I want to know, uh, and then we'll we'll let you go. How has teaching evolved and how does it continue to evolve for you we constantly have new technologies in the game of golf we constantly have new metrics in the game of golf we're measuring strokes gained everything I mean we've got strokes gained walking from your tee shot to, to your putt in the fairways <laughs> we've got every we've got every spin rate every launch angle everything and it only continues to evolve further so so how have you kept up with that in your career and how do you continue to evolve as technology and as golf continues to evolve
1: yeah, so I, I try to continue to, to learn and grow myself as much as possible through, um, you know, going and, and listening to some of the top instructors in the country. Um, I'm really keen on Mike Adams right now. He's got a lot of really good information on, you know, how the body moves and how everybody moves a little bit differently because of certain characteristics that we all have. Um, I, I really like Mike. He's got some great info. And I've probably evolved a lot more with – uh probably the newest technology that's been out most recently is, is uh, these force plates that really kind of show things that you can't see on video. Um, they show you where your weight is throughout the swing, what we call your pressure trace. So how that pressure is moving in the back swing and in the down swing. And that can give you a lot of information that, you know, I'd say five, six, seven years ago when I was teaching that we were just kind of guessing on and, and you can't really see that through, um, like I said, on video, so that's been really really helpful for me is seeing that um you know the way the way people move so i think just understanding how the body works more um through some of these biomechanics guys um that are getting involved with golf um, we've had a guy come out at southern hills <clears throat> that is uh, with swing catalyst that has really helped us with that kind of understand hey this is how the body moves this is when the timing of these forces it seems kind of complicated when i say this stuff out loud but it actually just makes it easier to kind of feel and understand where you're not kind of guessing or just trying to you know look at only positions of the club you can kind of make that club move differently through the way you feel with your feet in the ground that feels more athletically like hey this is what i feel when i'm throwing a football so if i put that into my golf swing i've got more flow going on so um for my long-winded dancer you know i i always try to keep getting better learn more information Um, I feel like that that keeps me up to date with with just being able to be on the forefront of technology and how that's developing and, uh, you know, try to obviously communicate that to the guys in a way where they can play better too.
0: Yeah, Ryan. We we ask every single person, uh, and this is my last question. We ask every single person that has come on the show with us. We've asked the likes of Scott Ver, playing Taylor Gooch, Quade, uh, and everyone seems to have a different answer, a different way to fix it. But the USGA wanting to dial it back, we haven't gotten a a teaching pros uh, perspective from this. Do you have any? Do you have any uh, opinion on this at all? Yeah, I would
1: say for sure, <laughs> golf's in a great place right now. Don't dial it back. Let's let it fly. I love and it. Thank let's you. Con- let's co- let's let continue to uh, you know do what we can with golf courses, with green speeds, and um, the way we're growing grass, tighten the fairways. But let's not dial it back. Everybody's having too much fun right now. I Ryan, love it.
3: you just became a favorite on the 73rd hole because we are all of the opinion that uh, if you want to set a golf course up differently, set a golf course up differently, but don't take the, uh, the clubs out of the guys' hands. Ryan, you've been absolutely phenomenal. We appreciate your time. Walker coming up. Walker Cup coming up this weekend down in Florida with Quade Cummins and Austin Eckrow from Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, respectively. Should be a lot of fun for you. Congratulations on everything that you've got going. Uh, we look forward to bumping into you at Southern here in a few weeks. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. And that was Ryan Rody, the Director of Instruction at Southern Hills Country Club, joining us here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Make sure you give him uh, a follow. Google Ryan Rody Southern Hills. That's R-O-D-Y, Ryan Rody Southern Hills. Uh, find out everything about him and what he is all about. He's doing phenomenal, phenomenal things for golfers here in the state of Oklahoma. Look forward to seeing him in a few weeks at Southern Hills for the Senior PGA Championship. And another reminder to head over to Golf Oklahoma. Dot org. Check out everything that they have to offer as golf is really heating up in the month of May here in the state of Oklahoma. We'll be in Tulsa next week for some high school state championships. We've got some other things in the work, regionals at Carson here in a couple weeks, and then of course, Southern Hills for the senior PGA. Gentlemen, let's uh, go ahead and dive right in here to what took place on the PGA Tour over the weekend. It burns. It burns so, so good. Sam Burns with the win at the Valspar down at Ennisbrook with really what was a phenomenal Sunday, and once Keegan started to fade, I mean, it was a two-man race, and once Keegan started to fade, uh, uh, Sam Burns really kind of took away with it, and he ends up winning by three at 17-under for his first win on the PGA Tour, and he celebrated by bringing his uh, entire extended family onto
0: the green for the interview. What did you think of the Valspar this week, Sam? I thought it was awesome. Uh, Congratulations to Bryson DeChambeau, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs)
3: Social media blunder.
0: <laughs> y'all the see th- the social
3: media blunder? <laughs> Explain what happened. So essentially, Sam Burns. I mean, basically, what happened? Sam Burns and Bryson Shambo have the same. Social media people. They have the same PR <laughs> firm or whoever sends out the tweets. And somebody typed up the tweet saying, thank you, what a great honor. And uh, t- attached the picture of Sam Burns holding the trophy to With it. With a bunch of sponsors, With too. With a bunch that of sponsors. Bryson DeChambeau does not have. And tweeted it out oh. from Bryson's account. <laughs> Didn't even think
4: about the sponsor thing.
3: Very quickly deleted it. And then tweeted it out from Sam Burns' account, which is who actually won the tournament. But guess what? Screenshots live forever. So we now know forever that somebody on the social media team accidentally logged into the Bryson DeChambeau account instead of the Sam Burns account, which was just a phenomenal weekend blunder.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Kind of like
4: Keegan's putting. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Nowhere, 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 um, I don't know. That, that That's going to be a hard debate there. That I, putting was... Whew. Keegan did lag a three-footer on Sunday. Keegan was full fidget mode on Sunday, too. Just did, going back and forth, back the, and forth, back the and forth, twirl, back and
3: forth. I'm serious. It was a three-footer uphill right to left. Basically, a right center putt. He started a ball outside the right and lagged it and tapped it in for par for three feet. And I just... I don't know how you can be so good everywhere else, but he just doesn't have the touch with the putting. And the thing is, he still hits it so well. He was solo second this week at 14-under.
0: I know. And then you had our guy Victor Hovland who'd made a quiet 400 grand this yeah. week. And so that was that was great uh, he went, he with the well final round Sunday. 65. Yeah, that was awesome. But Sam Burns just super solid on Sunday, 68 uh, 267 for the tournament. T-Dub, did you see anything that uh wasn't extremely boring from the Valspar this week? And you know, um, from from really just
4: that side of it, you know, what I think it was, guys. In all honesty, we saw such great golf on Wednesday at Prairie Dunes. It was on. It was kind of like not to, almost the same extent as like a Masters um uh, hangover effect, where it was just like we watched such great golf. It was going to take something really spectacular to match up to it. And you know, when you got Sam Burns, King, and Bradley essentially having a two horse Race for the last um, what twenty-seven holes of the tournament, or whatever. I, I was hoping that uh, Answer or Hovland, uh, local guy, would be able to make a run and, towards the lead. And and, and
0: and Homa, you know the, the our guy TG's yeah, yes. best friend uh, out there on tour. He he had a tough final round with the seventy-four. I was a little disappointed. That was probably the disappointment of the tournament, if you had to ask me. Um, was was Homa's final round? As well. I, I I would probably have to agree with you there, Sam. Like I said, yeah, he he's definitely in there. And so
3: so, so before we move on from Homa, I actually listened to a little bit of his podcast yesterday because, you know, he does a podcast with with Shane Bacon called Get a Grip, and he does a good job. And it's a good look inside the mind of a tour player pretty much on a week-to-week basis. He gives you the good. He gives you the bad. And, you know, he said that uh, this is the first time he's really had success at this golf course. He said he really likes the golf course. It's kind of a a strategy course. You have to position your ball. He just said, you know, he didn't have it on Sunday. It it was like Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, there was one part of his game that went phenomenally. Like Thursday, he made uh, five putts out side 25 feet I think which was one of the the top putting performances in PGA Tour history. It was unbelievable. And then he had one day where the irons were unbelievable, one day where he couldn't miss a fairway. And then on Sunday, it's like nothing was just terrible, but there wasn't any one part of his game that
4: really carried him to like a Sunday 66 or 67. You know, guys, so look, looking right here, um, Ke- Keegan Bradley was second this field in the field this week, T to green, with 3.11. Hovland was third at 2.07. Who do you think led the field T to green this week? T
3: uh, to green? I'm going to guess that it was Justin Thomas. Who
4: do you think, Sam? Maxoma. Justin Thomas was correct. Justin Thomas. Just, oh. Justin Thomas was minus 1.67 putting this week. That is so much better than I thought it would have been. He, he missed everything. He 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 was three he he gained more strokes than the guy who finished third and from tee to green and he was so bad putting that he finished thirteenth.
3: He he had one of those weeks. You ever go out to the practice green and some courses cut the little tiny holes that are basically about the size of a golf ball, so you can just practice hitting into the tiny hole, and then once you put on a normal hole that's four and a quarter inches, you're good to go. It looked like JT was putting into the little practice hole. He just he couldn't get anything to go and and you could tell that he stopped trusting it. I mean, you could tell even on Thursday he wasn't trusting it and it only continued to get worse. He just so, some guys put like, they're hitting the ball because it's going to go in the hole. And some guys putt, and it looks like they're just kind of hoping it falls in. I really thought that JT looked like he was just hoping the ball would fall in the hole. And he, he paired an epically great ball striking week with an epically bad putting week. And that, that results in a – what he finished this week? He was T-13. T-13, so it wasn't bad. But, I mean, when you hit the ball that well, you lead the field in, in strokes gain T to green by that much – it's, it's hard for a guy of Justin Thomas' caliber to hit the ball that well and not finish in the top ten.
4: I mean, yeah. I mean, you look at the two – 2.07 is third, and then 3.11 and 3.19, T.D. Green are the next two. And the, those two guys, Keegan and, and J.T., they combined were – Keegan on the week was plus .17 which I find pretty surprising in all honesty I that guess that's to how you finish on Thursday that, that, that's how you end up finishing solo second but if you just gain somewhat of strokes gain putting you make 600k or 700k whatever it was but uh, you know one thing to point out here guys um, uh, y'all's boy Doug Gim was 1.67 strokes gain tee to green but for the two rounds that he played he was minus 2.08 um, putting so that might have been why he wasn't able to play Saturday and Sunday yeah, he
0: doesn't get the Doug sounder today he missed the cut for me no <laughs> Doug Sounder, yeah. Oh man, our man Doug. We lost Doug. Uh, we lost, we Doug. lost Doug. <laughs> Throw it over. Then I give you Doug. <laughs> uh, hey, I got a tough one for you guys today. For our little, how high? How high were they ranked okay. uh, in the past game? Oh, I like it. Uh, we
3: need to call it. We need to start calling this game hashtag How High.
0: Yeah. How high? Yeah. So <laughs> our guy. Uh, Uh, Von Taylor this week, he finished tied for sixth, a blast from the past. Obviously the Augusta native, uh, watched him play when he was, I think an amateur maybe, uh, or he might've just been on tour. Uh, when I, the first time I ever went to Augusta, he actually gave me an autograph. He's been around for a minute. (laughs) An autograph when I was like, yeah, like nine years old. Uh, so world official golf ranking, uh, how high was it? And uh, when was it?
4: You know, the thing—it's the funny thing about Vaughn Taylor is that, like you said, Colby, he's been around for a while, and he's kind of had a couple different stretches where he's played good golf. You know, it's like he'll play good and kind of slump down, come back, come down. So, where is highest? I'm going to guess lucky number 13. Why not?
3: I don't – man, I don't remember Von Taylor ever getting quite that high. I'm, try, I'm, try, I'm trying to dive back into the depths of my memory into, <laughs> like, 2010, late 2000s. I'm
4: trying to think of the time stretch. There was a stretch where he played a lot of really good golf.
0: I'll tell
3: tell, uh, tell y'all the year. All right, 2007. See, I'm having to dig way deep into my memory Uh, bank to get to um, 2007 World Golf Rankings. I just remember Tiger back then. I'm going to guess, let's go play a little blackjack on a Tuesday morning. Give me 21 for Von Taylor. You're going with what?
4: 13.
0: 13?
4: 37. 37? 37. See, even that
0: was higher than I thought he ever got, but... After the Verizon Heritage in two thousand seven,
4: I
3: would have guessed lower, but I wanted to go kind of like prices, right? So I just I should have just hit you with the one dollar, Bob. Just
4: gone fourteen, right above time. Yeah.
3: because <laughs> I didn't think he ever got down quite that low. But he's had a good career,
4: I, I guess. That you know that's it's kind of like the uh, somewhat of a Charles Howell effect, where you've been out there so long, so you think that they've been. You know, I, I just thought there was one stretch where he played really good. and He probably just made
0: a lot of cuts in a row. Is he, what it was. He tied but he, for he, tenth in the U.S. Open in two thousand seven. Okay, that was probably his best tournament. How do you how do it, do do Southern? that year? Do you have other than, his, other than his wins. I mean, I'm saying like in majors.
3: Yeah. Do, you, do you have a Southern Hills performance? I don't know exactly how the World Golf Ranking site breaks that all down. Yeah, no, you, I you don't. just have to go to 2007. Have this here, yeah. okay. I, I, I can find it. Yeah, so anyway, so Valspar was last week. Sam Burns gets the win. Yay, Sam Burns. Good job. Uh, Victor <laughs> Hovland and Abraham
4: Riff. I'm <laughs> hey, sorry. do look at the tweet. tweet. Hey, hey go look it? at
0: the shmoney dance. Yeah, the uh, shmoney dance. <laughs> we gotta do it.
4: For anyone who hasn't seen it, make sure you go to seventy third hole Twitter account. You will see it. See, and I, I actually, I can't encourage this. I can't be a part of this. I, I've now
3: spent some time with Brad Dalkey, Sam, your roommate, who's also in this video, and I cannot encourage people to go watch this because I, I just, I can't imagine that those three gentlemen knew in the moment that that was going to turn into what it's turned into.
4: Von, uh, sorry, Von Taylor was the sixty third ranked player in the world going into the uh, Southern Hills PGA Championship, where he missed the cut. He
0: missed all the right. cut.
3: Well, that's all right. Everybody's playing for second but, and, that and, week. So,
0: and, and, but, but before we move on, Todd Taylor's just at his home minding his own business, and we're talking about him missing the cut in 2007. <laughs> 14 years ago, he's
3: going to get one random tweet, <laughs> and it, somebody's going to be like, "Hey, the guy's on the 73rd hole. We're talking about you missing the cut at the PGA Championship in 2007. You ought to give it a listen." He's going to be like, "What the hell? I'm minding one my of, business
0: on a Tuesday." One of our listeners should 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 not tweet at him. Should not, should not, yeah. should not. We'll we'll let Von it would Taylor not be it time. would not be funny. I if thought he did I that.
4: thought he was thirteenth in the world at one point. I mean, I think. We're trying to show before we, we, we said th- he's had a good career. We we're officially a Von Taylor show now. I guess. And, hey, <laughs> t- Taylor's the best name out there. So I mean, how can you go wrong with that? It could be a boy or a girl. Who knows? Exactly. Before we move on, guys, let's for for real and for golf side things. Sam Burns had the most leads after each round of on the tour this year. It was like eight or something going into Sunday, and he just wasn't able to win. He was really good early, January, February. Yes. Riviera. Riviera. Yep. And yeah. he, he would go out and just shoot really low Thursday and Friday, you know, get out to real early leads. And so let's give Burn some credit. He actually was able to to close the deal where he, had he had not won this tournament, he would have started falling into that category of, is he going to be able to get it done, just not to the extent of like now or Schauffele, just because he's not a top 10 player in the world yet.
3: Right, well, and he hasn't had such an extended period of time of high finishes with no wins. And he even talked about after the round, you know, learning and building off of those experiences. You have to kind of take your lumps along the way. To get yourself there, so let's, let's shift our focus now to the Walker Cup down at Seminole this week. Seminole Golf Club, Donald Ross design, uh, down in Florida, and it, it's just a phenomenal golf course. It is where they played. Was it the Taylor? Pardon me. Was it the TaylorMade driving relief? Yes. Where they Where they were at Seminole? Yeah. With, that was uh, with
4: DJ, Matt Wolf, Ricky, and Rory. Yes, and it was uh, so uh, the teams were. Where I can't remember what the teams were, but
3: uh, it was Ricky and Wolf, and then it was DJ and Rory. Because going into it, we were talking about how ridiculously one-sided the teams were uh, and they ended up winning and, it was in a play and it was off, OSU though.
0: sided too that's yeah, what that yeah. They, they
3: went to a play and Ricky actually Ricky made like eight or nine nine thirties yeah. that
4: day
0: well, I, I was just wanting to read the, read off the teams real quick just so uh, people know the other guys yeah, other there than just be some Quaid other, other names Necro, on here yeah. that people recognize uh, Ricky Castillo from the University of Florida he's twenty years old uh, we're going with uh, Pearson Cootie he's twenty one uh, University of Texas and, and he's Obviously. coming in
3: hot fresh off a of triple on eighteen at Prairie Dunes. Hey, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 you had to do it. it had to do it. It's
0: been a week. We're over it. <laughs> <laughs> it was good for the state schools. I'll say that. Uh, Quake Cummins, Weatherford, Oklahoma. Shout out to the Dirty Dove. Austin Eckrote, Edmond, Oklahoma, the greatest city on earth. Uh, Stuart Hagestad, the mid-am, uh, just the best mid-am you of all time. Age, I want to know what his age is. Hall of Fame. 29. It's tw- well, I was going to make a guess. Sorry. No, right. I'm on you the same page you are, Sam. You're a cheater. I was going to guess
3: 32, so I'd have been wrong.
0: Stuart Hagestad, <laughs> I mean, he's the mintiest mid-am there is. Uh, Newport Beach, California. Uh, I mean, just every, like, Accolade you could ever have as a mid am. You're telling me
4: Stuart Hagestad, hasn't taken more than seven hundred
0: and fifty dollars in one year. <laughs> I, and here's, here's my theory: I think that Stuart Hagestad has a really good job in
3: finance, where he works like twenty hours a week but makes a bunch of money. so then he just goes out and practices all the time and is really good at golf. But he doesn't want to play professionally because he's got a sweet gig the way it is, and he gets to play in all this stuff. He's been in the Masters as mid am champion and made the cut. Uh, I think he was maybe low am at the Masters one year as the mid am champ. Now he's he it, it was the year Sergio won. Yeah, it was uh, what was that twenty seventeen. Yep.
0: Yeah, uh, Then we got Cole Hammer of Houston, Texas. Obviously, uh, the best player on the Texas Longhorns. He actually so is coming
3: in hot off. The he Big will be championship. yeah
0: coming in real hot after winning the individual championship up at Prairie Dunes. Uh, got William Ma- <laughs> William Mao no. uh, of, Pe- <laughs> of, Pepper- <laughs> of Pepperdine University. Uh, we got to see him a little bit at the East Lake Cup on TV. Uh, solid, really solid player. Uh, and then John Pack. Uh, 22 years old from Scott Plains, New Jersey, uh, Florida State. And we've talked a lot about John Pack because he's number one in the PGA Tour U rankings. By a mile. By a mile. He has had a great year. Uh, and he, you will see him on the Corn Ferry Tour next year for sure. Uh, and then St- Tyler Strafacci uh, from Davie, Florida. Uh, you know, uh, he's played a lot of good golf this year as well. Uh, qualified for the 2018 U.S. Open at Shinnecock. Uh, and so we...
3: Also the reigning U.S. amateur champion. Play, Randy, play, you,
0: played at the Masters last month. Obviously, yeah, yeah, and so uh, and then um, Davis Thompson from Florida. We talked a lot about him as well, uh, being in those PGA Tour. U rankings from Georgia, uh, and so that is the U.S. team. Um, and just, then, just real
3: quick, back to PGA Tour U. Just John Pack is one. Davis Thompson, you just mentioned, is two. Eckroth is four. Quaid is down at seven. Looking for some other guys here. Might be a little bit too young, so I don't see a ton of other names on the list. But of the top seven in PGA Tour U, four of those guys will be at Seminole this weekend for the Walker Cup.
0: Yeah, and then I'll, I'll just run through the names of the GB and I team real quick. Uh, but it, but there are a bunch of guys that still play. Uh, uh, collegiate golf. So Bar- Barclay Brown from England 20 plays at Stanford. Jack Dyer, uh, 23 from England, uh, plays at Cal State Fullerton. Uh, You got Alex Fitzpatrick, uh, and he is the younger brother of the skill god, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick. Let's
3: go, Matty Fitz, as a younger brother in the
4: Walker Cup. You know, I'm looking at right now, guys, he's number 12 in the uh, Wagger rankings, uh, world amateur golf rankings. So, I mean, he must be a really good player, too. And
0: he actually caddied for Matthew Fitzpatrick during that run of when he won the USA. So, you're telling me skill is genetic? Is what you're telling me. I think skill is partly genetic, but I think it's more about your upbringing. You, you know everything. what I hope, seriously? I hope that Alex Fitzpatrick is one of these guys that's really <laughs> trying to chase distance and hit balls. What about Curtis Fitzpatrick? Uh, Curtis. Hey, all. Of them. <laughs> Maybe Curtis is Patrick's trying to test distance and hit bombs. Uh Then we got Angus Flanagan. What a name! That's a brilliant Tw- name. 20, twenty-one uh, redheaded guy from England uh, of course plays, he's a plays guy. at the University of Minnesota. Uh, you got Ben Jones, twenty-one from England. Uh, he won the uh, twenty. Or er, sorry, he. Finished top ten in the 2020 Australian Master. Is, is he uh, you for know, amateurs? You said
3: Australian Master. There's another Australian last name Jones. Any chance he's any relation to uh, Matt? Uh, Matt. Down, Matt. Down, he's not Australian. Down.
0: You just <laughs> said he won in Australia. <laughs> he did, but he's from England.
4: <laughs> it, it was, we found a way to relate it. I, I was trying to tie it in and I reached I, a little bit. I don't think they let Aussies play in the Walker Cup, Colby. As I said that, I was like,
3: dude, you're an idiot. It's Great Britain and Ireland. What are you talking about? But at that point, I was already hitting the button. So,
0: <laughs> any excuse we can have to play the button, we have to do it. So, uh we got Maddie Lamb, 23 from England. Uh, he played a couple of seasons at Charlotte university in North Carolina. That's extremely random. You see that a lot from these European guys because they don't know the difference between like a university of Oklahoma or a UMKC, you know? So it's a
3: good good factoid this week though, when the PGA tour is in Charlotte, North Carolina.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You got Joe long, 23, uh, captured the, Uh, 125th amateur championship at Royal Birkdale uh, on his home soil. Uh, And then you have John Murphy, 22, of the Republic of Ireland. Uh, He uh, started the 2021 uh, season off hot with a top 10 at the Jones Cup Invitational um, and then also notched a couple of top 10s, one of them being at uh, Mobile Bay uh, or probably the Mobile Bay. Uh, collegiate. I didn't know there was a bay in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, I've never been to Alabama. Yeah, I mean you're not missing. A I bet lot. there's better
4: bays out there.
0: <laughs> I mean you got Auburn, you got Alabama, and I have no desire to go to either of those uh, places. So out. Then we're going with Mark Power, another great name. That's Mark great Power, name. twenty from Ireland, uh, plays at Wake Forest. Uh, was probably. I don't know if he was there. Uh, was he there? Uh, He's the teammate of Alex Fitzpatrick. I didn't oh, I didn't nice. mention that, uh, that Alex Fitzpatrick plays at Wake Forest. So those guys are going to be teamed up together so, in some of these pairings, you right? Would, you would assume. You would assume. Um, <laughs> Pair them I, against the Oklahoma boys. And then we yeah, got to get that <laughs> ass beat. Yeah. And then Ben, <laughs> and then ben Schmidt, 18, uh, the youngest guy on the GB&I team, uh, won the 2020 New South Wales Amateur in Australia. So... So he's not Australian. No, but he's from England, but he played in Australia (laughs) once. These
3: guys play good golf in Australia, and I I almost wonder I think this is going to be a tough Walker Cup for the U.S. team. You know, we saw Seminole. I've only seen it one time. I by no means am claiming to be a Seminole expert, but it's not like this is some golf course that you're going to overpower. It's a par 72 that goes 6,836 yards. It's its placement. It's green complexes. It's the phenomenal bunkering that Donald Ross is known for. I don't know if
0: there's any rough on this course,
3: I, by I, the way. I, I don't know that we saw any whenever they played there for the TaylorMade Driving Relief. It's all bunkering and the occasional palm trees popping up around the place, but um, I, I don't know. Do you think the course almost knew neutralizes the historic advantage that the U.S. has had because the U.S. all-time is 37-9-1 and one in this event. But this is a short golf course, and GB&I is going to have a really good team this year, so I think it'll be really close.
4: Yeah, I think, you know, we kind of saw it a little bit in the TaylorMade Driving Relief. Not it, The wind didn't pick up particularly, but that that course being right by the shore, if that wind starts picking up with a little bit of uh, wind off the coast, I mean, that... Yeah, and it is on the coast. L- literally, yes, yeah. Was it 17, I believe, just to the 17, 18, just to the left is... The, is Literally the Atlantic Ocean, and didn't they have to cut out like some weeds and stuff that
3: separated the course from the beach to create a new tee box? for one of those holes. I'm pretty sure they had to go back in the weeds closer
4: to the beach, even. It sounds like something Seminole would do. It does sound like something <laughs> Seminole would you do. You know, so, so, absolutely. And then, it's just such a gorgeous piece of property. And, you know, they do, you know one thing to note, too, guys, you know, it's not like these guys are going out playing a 72-hole stroke play event and we're going to try to see who shoots the most under par. I mean, we're, we're looking at a two-day competition of, um, you know, we're going to have our four balls, or foursomes, and then we'll have our singles matches. And, really, at that end of the day, it's just we talk about it all the time in match play. You can shoot five under and lose lose you shoot five over and win and so at the end of the day it kind of just depends on how the matchups fall with it being like that but um you know i'm not going to complain about the u.s having so much success lately and i damn sure hope that it continues into this week and i i personally think that it will
0: so i cannot wait to ask these guys about this experience because it's something that not literally not many people get to do there's only a short list uh of guys that ever get to play in a walker cup and we got two guys uh that have been on our show that are playing in the walker cup this week um and and while i'm on the walker cup too the broadcast times i need to get a boo from y'all because i've
3: got them pulled up and i'm i'm fully prepared to boo
0: it, it is brutal our our Coverage of this Walker Cup. It's one of the bi- it's the biggest team event in amateur golf, maybe other than the NCAA's, I guess. But uh, but that's a little different. You yeah, know? it's
3: a little different. I still th- I, I still think this is the biggest team event because that's to me that's college golf, and college golf I think is a different yeah, realm exactly kind of than the Walker. Yeah, you're on
0: a
4: team for a full year or four years, as opposed to the team for a week, and you're not. Rep- this is representing your country,
0: right? Exactly. So on Saturday. Uh, I, these times are central time, by the way. So, uh, it, nine o'clock to 10 o'clock, you have to watch it on Peacock, which is horrible. Uh, and then, I, and I that's have
3: Peacock. It works. I mean, if you have Peacock, it's not that big of an inconvenience, but if you don't, yeah,
0: kind
4: I don't want to vouch for this, but I do believe they offer like seven day free trials or a free trial of some sort. So I already but had anyone- to use
0: it at the masters and. And uh, was it the Masters in November? When no, they, Masters when they, was on... When did they roll out US Peacock? Open. U.S. Open, U.S. Open, U.S. Open. It was It was, yeah. okay. It was on
4: Thursday. I remember that. Okay, yeah. that was like when Pe- Yeah, like you said, Peacock just just came out at that point. Yeah, and so literally no
0: one had it. I think it's been past <laughs> seven days. I
4: don't uh, think anybody <laughs>
3: got it until the office
0: switched over. When the office switched over, everybody kind of got Peacock. Yeah, and then from ten to twelve. Uh, Central Time on Saturday. You can watch the foursomes on NBC. Uh, then 3.30 to 4.30. It goes back to Peacock for singles, Saturday singles. Uh, and then 4.30 to 6.30 p.m. Uh, you can watch the Saturday singles. And then let me pull up the Sunday here. So, Sunday's identical. It's identical. Sunday's it is identical, identical
3: TV schedule. So basically, we get three hours of morning coverage, but one of them's on Peacock. We get three hours of afternoon-evening coverage, but one of them's on Peacock. So... We're getting limited coverage of water, Walker Cups, better than no coverage. I'm, I'll be dialed into the Walker Cup. I, I love this event.
4: Oh, it's one of them. It's like you said. It, it this is the Ryder Cup for amateur golf. It's so yep. big, and and I, I I'm really surprised the Golf Channel isn't doing more to cover this event. In all honesty, I feel like this is something that they should capitalize on. In I all hope, honesty,
3: I really hope that they'll hammer coverage on it this week. You know, Morning Drive, Golf Central, all that stuff that they do, and then next week as well, recapping. And obviously, I'm more invested this year than I've been in previous years because we have significant rooting interest with Quaid and Austin Ekro, uh both on the team, who've both come on our show, and uh, we hope we'll, we'll come on our show again in the future and talk about this experience
4: it's going to be a great event and uh, hopefully the u.s gets it done one last question guys i, I- Doubt, y'all will get this answer. Of all of the 24 uh, gentlemen in the event, who do you think is the highest in the world amateur golf rankings?
3: Oh, good question. So um, no, it's not
4: John Pack. I'll give you a hint. They, they play for America. So I'll limit it down so you don't have to go through the uh, the Angus's and the uh, whatever their names were. I'm gonna but throw I thought out- the, I'm, they might have the uh, the name advantage Europe does because those were some cool names. I'm going to throw out the reigning U.S. amateur champion, Tyler Strafacci. Okay. Uh, Tyler Strafacci is
3: ninth. Whoa. So, I was not close. Okay, good to know. I've got, um, I've got another guess. We'll keep
4: guessing until we get all the names off the board. I mean, so it's, is it John Pack? It's not John, John Pack? John Pack is fourth, which is not. Show me Davis okay. Thompson. Davis Thompson is third. There is one higher. Cole, Cole Hammer? Hammer? Cole Hammer is not them. Cole Hammer is currently 18th. Okay, you said we wouldn't guess, so I'm going to say Ricky Castillo. Name uh, we would expect. D- uh, Ricky Castillo is 10th. How about William Miao? Uh, <laughs> uh, the answer is no. I'm just trying to figure out where he is. William Meow's 27. How about uh, Pearson Cootie? Pearson Cootie is number two. Really? Yeah. Number one is uh, Kita Nakajima for from uh, yeah, Japan. Suck it, Colby. <laughs> yeah.
3: For the record. I will root heavily for Pearson Cootie this week.
4: <laughs> his triple at Prairie Dunes
3: just so helping to help out my pokes. Got my orange shirt on today. Taylor's got his Sooner Magic shirt on today. And that hole just so happened to Vault Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, basically from finishing second and third at the Big Twelves to finishing first and second. So actually makes me more of a Pearson Cootie fan if you want to know the truth of the matter. <laughs> Uh, so so anyway, we got some great stuff going on this week. Walker Cup uh, down at Seminole Golf Club in Florida. Great Donald Ross design. We look forward to watching that. And we'll bring the full recap to you next week, uh, breaking down everything that took place at the Walker Cup. We're going to take a break. I think we've pretty much uh, talked about everything that happened last week. Got the Walker Cup taken care of. On the other side, we got our full Quell Hollow preview. It's a great tournament. It is a great field. Rory McIlroy back in action. Ricky Fowler back in action. Some other big names as well will be there. Justin Thomas will try to get the putter rolling at a place where he won his lone major championships. We've got DraftKings, one and done picks, best bets, the lot coming up on the other side. Stay with us here on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.
2: When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McCray Roofing. McCray Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McCray Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs.
3: Welcome back, rolling along here on a Tuesday. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, and Sam Humphreys. This is the seventy-third hole, of the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. thrilled to be partnered up with them as we head toward the KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship at Southern Hills, coming up May twenty-seventh through the thirtieth at Southern. A phenomenal, phenomenal golf course. Get up there and check it out. You can see it, and then you'll see it again next year, uh, whenever the young fellows, the, the the Thundercats, are in town for the PGA Championship in twenty twenty-two, including uh, maybe some old guys. I think Tiger's going to play next year at Southern. Some people, you know, the jury is out, but I think he'll be there. So a lot of good stuff coming up at Southern Hills. A lot of good golf being played here in the state of Oklahoma. Gentlemen, the PGA Tour this week is transitioning to Quail Hollow. Quail Hollow is a phenomenal golf course. This tournament uh, has been played there basically every year in recent memory, except 2017 when the PGA Championship was played at Quail Hollow. So, of course, they moved to the tournament for that one single season. Uh, and Justin Thomas, of course, won the 2017. PGA Championship at Quail Hollow. So, uh, coming off the the ball striking week that he had a week ago, we've got some good names in the field. Uh, Rory, I mentioned. Ricky is in the field. Justin Thomas is in the field this week. This is just a, a good, solid field. And it seems like Quail Hollow always always gets a good field.
4: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, you, we mentioned good, you mentioned good golf course earlier, Colby. I mean, Quail Hollow fits that mold. I mean, we're going to – we have the uh, – they had the 2017 PGA Championship there. Is it next year they're having the President's Cup there? I, I believe, believe – I believe it is next year yes. because it had to get pushed back because of the uh, the uh, pandemic and the Ryder Cup got moved back. So I mean, of course, it's holding lucrative events left and right. And you know, you mentioned Justin Thomas earlier who won in twenty seventeen um, when um, I mean and. Uh, quote from the 73rd hole, sneaky choke. This was the, the famous <laughs> sneaky choke of Hideki Matsuyama. This is where he really had that opportunity oh, yeah. to claim that major championship, and he just wasn't able to get it done. Let me go back in. Well, we can feel better about
3: it now, though, because
4: now he has a master's. Well, now and, we don't have to feel as bad for it. We don't. And, and going back, looking on that final leaderboard, guys, Kevin Kisner had a one-shot lead going into Sunday. Uh, Hideki and Chris Stroud were tied at second, and then uh, one behind them at uh, minus five was Louie and JT JT ended up winning, Louis ended up making a bomb on 18 to tie for second, which ended up completing his runner-up slam that uh, he made that viral video about that went around when he was on his private jet. So uh, really great for Louis there. But, yeah, just wanted to recap to let people know that the uh, for anyone who is just going back and looking on previous Wells Fargo information, make sure to look at the full spectrum because the PGA Championship um, shows a lot. And then also, I don't know if it's just, just – uh, Public theory, or not public theory, but just a, a hypothetical thing. I think they're going to set the course up kind of tough this week. You think so, so? I do, for whatever reason. So okay. I think that um, I think that maybe it might lend towards T-Dubs more
0: intuition. Of the...
4: Intuition. I, intuition that's, that's the word I'm looking for there, Sam. It does me so well. It's done me so well in the past. So I might that, as well that, just. That's got to become
3: another regular. We've got the hashtag how high on the official World Golf rankings. Now we need to get hashtag T-Dub's intuition. And every week, <laughs> yeah. T-Dub just throws some sort of uh, just random
4: prediction <laughs> for the week at us. Hey, JT got me 2.7 million when I did it. He so, did.
3: <laughs> You're way ahead in terms of predictions. Let me throw out the top ten in odds for you this week. Uh, Justin Thomas, John Rahm, both 10 to 1. Bryson DeChambeau's 14 to 1. Xander and Rory are both 18 to 1. Hovland and Course member lives just a few miles down the road. Webb Simpson are both 20 to 1. Finau's 25 to 1. Then we got three guys at 28 to 1. Patrick Cantlay, Patrick Reed. So both the Patricks always have to be grouped together. And then Will Zalatoris also at 28 to 1. So let's go ahead and dive in and start with our DraftKings lineups. And of course, we go in the order of the previous week's finish. And I want to tout my miraculous seventh place finish a week ago. <laughs> Keegan, God, we were, really backpacked. Man, we got we were, killed
4: last week. Man, we were like the, the 17th, 18th, and 19th. Nineteenth horse in the Kentucky Derby, like we were just getting lapped last week. But Kobe, you were the best at, out of us last in, week. In so. my
3: defense, I was only eighty points back of first. So you know, a couple things break my way and go completely differently. I could have been right in the money. Uh, that's 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 <laughs> closer than we were. Yeah, if I'd have filled out a different lineup, I'd have been right there. Uh, so this <laughs> week, yeah, this week I'm going to start with my cheapest option, and I'm going to go with a guy that I think has been playing some some sneaky good golf. We like sneaky good golf, fellas. Uh, sneaky good golf for Adam Shank. Adam Shank finished. T25 at RBC Heritage. He finished T11 alongside Tyler Duncan at the Zurich. And he finished T18 at the Valspar. And he had a phenomenal ball striking day on Sunday at the Valspar. So I think that he's ready for another really good under-the-radar week. So I'm going to take Adam Shank. You know, you get some of these guys that are lower priced, but they're not big names. You can sometimes get value when they get on a little streak. And I think he's on one. Uh, so I'm going to roll with Adam Shank this
4: week as my cheapest option at 6800 How do you get involved in golf with the last name Shank? That's a great question. <laughs> that's a really good question. Like yeah. so you have to get rid of like cuz people say you don't say Shankus the S word. So like whenever he gets his name pronounced on the T-box is he technically saying the S word? You know like sometimes I know it's th- spelled differently. You know
3: sometimes people like just go by one name. Like like Tiger, Serena, Brittany, LeBron, MJ, <laughs> what well, that's
4: initials. That doesn't count. He he just goes by Adam. 100%. I mean, that's just it's. That would be a, 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 a the worst, but yet maybe the best golf name. Once ever. he got to the uh, tour, he should have legally changed his last name to Flush Adam Flush <laughs> <laughs> Adam Show. Genius Genius. Um, my next pick hopefully will be Genius. You know i I look at the I look at the course this week, guys. quote Hollow, and I did not realize this. If they want to tip this baby out, this thing goes seventy six hundred yards. I mean this it's it, it's a long track and so I'm going to go with some guys who I think are bombers and so guy who I was on I was on last week and I'm, I'm going to keep riding him he he'd had a not the best weekend ever finished 16th 69th nice last week at the Valspar. um before that finished fourth with uh, the team event and then finished 17th at the Valero but last uh, in 2018 2019 finished 34th and eighth here guys give me Keith Mitchell at seven thousand a bomber and a guy who I think is on a little bit of good form I think that those what what happened on the weekend. It is just one of those deals where you know you make the cut and then you you just kind of just get in the house and get on the plane and get ready for the next week's event.
3: Well, I also, so I can't remember which day it was, but one of the days on the weekend, Keith Mitchell actually hit the ball fine, but he had, uh, and I'm not being hyperbolic. I, I saw the stat; he had a historically bad putting day. Like it was one of the all time worst putting days in in since Strokes Game has been around. Uh, wow. So as long as Keith Mitchell can get the putter rolling a little bit, he'll be
0: all right. I'm going to go with 6,900 Phil Mickelson and Whoa. Phil Mickelson has been playing some not very good golf, and I just feel like uh, lightly putting him. But he, <laughs> but he, he, did shoot uh, a sixty nine last week in the, in round two uh, to help him have get closer to making the cut. Uh, so I'm gonna go with uh, Phil Mickelson. He might be rearing up a little bit, getting getting ready to go at the PGA and the uh, in the U.S. Open. Uh, Phil Mickelson as he my lowest bombs. He's going to be hitting
3: bombs. Exactly. Hitting bombs hey, into the weeds. He's going to need to be hitting bombs, and they're going to need to be going a lot straighter than they've been going. Well,
4: after after his layup with an iron into the hazard, he said oh, he has to hit bombs because if he's going to hit it in the hazard, he might as well be as far up That's as he can. That's a good
3: point. You can hook two iron in the hazard just as easy as you can hook
0: driver in the hazard. Trust me. Yeah, you'd rather be farther in the stuff than shorter exactly. in the Exactly. Take, take it from an expert. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so then I'm going to go just a little bit farther up to 7,200. I'm going to go Charles Schwartzel. He's been playing some solid golf lately. Yeah. Even last week at the Valspar, I shot a 64. Five in round two uh, was plus five and a half shots on the field strokes gained. Uh, and then obviously we saw uh him and Louis Oosthazen play well in the Zurich. Uh and obviously it wasn't Schwartz's fault in the playoff. Uh it was definitely Louis Oosthazen's. Uh so at seventy two hundred, uh a guy that has really good current form. Uh Charles Schwartzel seems like a steal to me.
4: Yeah, yeah. I, I was on Schwartzel last week, had a had a good week. Like you said, that second round sixty five vaulted him up the leaderboard really, really well. So we'll see if he can keep it going. My uh, my my second cheapest option this week, guys, which I'm, I'm really happy about that he was able to be my second cheapest, Ball Striking Machine, friend of the show – Paying off paying off bets on Twitter because people are, are coming at him saying, blaming him, saying that he can't putt. He's going up and we're having putting competitions. Um, give me Taylor Gooch, 7,600. I mean, his only appearance here finished 13th back in 2018. We all know he's a better player now than he was back then. Um, didn't have his best week like last week at the Valspar, but also, too, if you get a little wayward off that course, anything can happen. So I, I think this is a week that TG rebounds, and I think, he, um, I think a good best bet would be a TG Top 25 this week. Yeah, I like that.
3: I think that he definitely... Definitely bounces back from what was a poor week at the Valspar. My next cheapest option. I'm going to go up to 7,100. I'm picking a guy who is very hit or miss. It's Aaron Wise. He's made three of his last four cuts. He did miss the cut in his last event, which was the RBC Heritage. But he's played here twice. He finished second in 2018, runner up. He finished 18th in 2019. Aaron Wise is very streaky. He's a guy who I don't know. he's going to miss the cut for you a decent amount of the time, but he can also contend if he gets hot. You'll see his name pop up on a leaderboard from time to time.
4: And he's- He's, he's kind of like the Sam Burns. He's kind of younger, was a prodigy, was All American. I believe he was player of the year when he was at Oregon. So, I mean, he's a great player, and maybe just he's got to come out at some point. You got to believe.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, 7,100, and then I'm going to jump up to 7,600 for my next cheapest option. I remember uh, I mentioned Webb Simpson as a member at this course. So is this guy, Harold Varner third playing well, had the runner up at the RBC Heritage. And I just, look, I, I'm. I'm not like convinced that Harold Varney III uh, is going to win the golf tournament this week or anything. But he's from the area. He's a member at the course. He's playing good golf. Shockingly, his his results in this event, uh, the four times it's been played at Quill Hollow, he's got two missed cuts uh, and, and two finishes, 124th, 155th. So it's not great, but I think he's playing good golf. I think he's better now than he's been uh, at just about any point in his career. So i like him to have a good week. We got two guys
4: at 7,600. TG, you got Harold Varney. Want to make Kane's bet on it?
3: Oh, good job! Uh, mm. I might as well because I'm I'm still up two <laughs> pizzas. So I, if I if I lose a canes bet, I'm up two pizzas. I'm down to canes. I think I can live with that. Okay, I well, let's I do it. Live with let's sh-
4: awesome. Yep, you you went to fist bump, I, I went to know. handshake, and so we do it. Ended up this,
0: the famous snail. And this is
3: why we don't yeah, live stream the podcast because we <laughs> we end up you know
4: going for the the handshake fist bump, and people don't yeah. want to see our ugly mugs. Well, anyway, yeah, and so. if
0: we live streamed on YouTube or whatever, we'd have to shower before we come here.
4: Right? Yeah. So yeah, exactly. no, we and who wants to do that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know. And so um, I'm going next, guys. My my next cheapest option, a lot more than my 7600. I'm going all the way up to 7700, and this is a guy who's. Been playing really good. I'm looking back. I'm trying to find uh, where he's missed a cut. He's had some not the highest finishes, but I, I'm seeing a fourth of the team championship, finished third back at the Honda. And looking back here, guys, over, was that seven tournaments on, or seven times playing this course, only one missed cut back in 2013. Give me Brendan Steele. He's been playing some really good golf, and I think that, um, I think that he's a, a ball striker, so I think that he'll be able to get it around this course and definitely get to the
0: weekend for a mid-7,000 value. I got to love it, so. All right. Well, then I am going to go with uh, 7,400 Matt Jones. Play it. Matt, down, Matt. Down, Matt. Down. Matt Jones has been on a heater this year. Uh, we haven't seen him individually. Uh, he did play in the Zurb, but we haven't seen him individually since the Masters uh, when he had a solid tournament. Uh, you know, and and, and – Ever since his historic round at the Honda, uh, he's really been playing some great golf. Pretty much every round uh, has been positive strokes gained. And where he's really gaining his shots on everybody is putting. He's over half a shot up on the field putting and around the green. uh, And then off the tee and approach, he's very solid, uh, gaining about a full shot on the field per round. Uh, so just, I, just real quick, you know what I want to see one time,
3: just one time. I want Matt Jones to make the cut on the number and have there be an odd number of players make the cut. And I want him to go out first on Saturday as a single, because there's an odd number of players and we, we need to have the stopwatch ready because I, I think he could play a PGA tour round by himself as the first man out in sub two hours. I think he could do it. I think he could do it too. It would be awesome. Gellerman couldn't
0: do it. What'd he get it in? Like two and a half? Yeah, it was like two and a
3: half. A lot of guys go out first and
0: get it in like two and a half, 245. I think Matt Jones could get it sub two. <laughs> I think he could too. Uh, and then I'm going to jump up just a little bit to 7600. Uh, our guy TG, Taylor Gooch. It seem, Quail Hollow seems like a course that he should like. Uh, great ball striker. Uh, hits it a long ways. And and if he can get that putter rolling, I think you could really see TG make a little run and maybe get that First PGA Tour win. would well, be nice. Uh, it sure, nice to see. His, I, his buddy
3: got his uh, inaugural win here, the defending champion, Max Homa.
4: That's another element to add to it, and that, that Max did. And also, too, it wasn't in his uh, his top list, but he mentioned how much he loves uh, Quill Hall. I also want to correct myself. Brendan still has missed the cut here twice because he did miss the cut in the 2017 PGA Championship, but that does not change my mind on my pick one bit. Next pick, guys, going way up again in value, going all the way from 7,700 to 7,800. And I'm uh, I might kick myself in the butt for this, and I probably will. And I, I honestly can't believe I, I hit the submit button with him with in my lineup. But give me Ricky Fowler. Whoa. G- g- give him to me. Whoa. Wow. G- g- rate Read off these finishes here, I like guys. I that Sooner Magic shirt you're wearing, by the way. <laughs> no no orange, doubt. Orange all, all I loaded up was cow- I just saw Cowboys play good golf at Prairie Dune, so I, and the push cart yesterday was orange and black for whatever reason, so I,
3: I guess I just got
0: orange orange in the blood Taylor
3: shows up in a Sooner Magic shirt and says, give me Taylor Gooch, give me Ricky Fowler, and we still haven't gotten up to Victor Spe- Hovland. Hey, we might have Victor of, Hovland. Hey,
0: all, all the OSU guys have been on a heater lately, even yesterday after Big 12s. Uh, yesterday we saw the U.S. Open qualifier, and you had Zach Boshu, uh, and you we had, uh, Sam Stevens, who won the tournament, and then uh, Brian Stark, all of OSU guys who qualified for the U.S. Open sectionals yeah. from Oak Tree awesome. East. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Absolutely. And so th- this is why I'm picking Ricky. So I'm reading back here at this tournament 4th, 21st, 4th, 38th. Uh, made cut, didn't finish 2013. Won back here in 2012. This is where he beat, beat Rory in the playoff to kind of get that first kind of over the hump win. Finished 16th in 2011, uh, 6th in 2010. And, gentlemen, 2017 um, PGA Championship um, gosh dang it where did it go um, I lost it for a second sorry I know that he was t- He finished T8 T8 so, um, oh, nope, that was after the first round. Um, gosh dang it. Uh, where? Uh, T5. T5. There it, it is. What are you looking
3: at that shows you first
4: round like leaders? Uh, Wikipedia. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, <laughs> yeah, It's uh, always right. Right. Yeah. yeah, Wikipedia, <laughs> yeah, yeah hope, hope it's right. It's like yep, the great so.
3: Michael Scott says anyone can post anything they want, so you know you're getting the absolute best information.
4: <laughs> That's I, I'm going to trust that he finished T5th um, in 2017 because now I finally got to final round and saw it. So he just loves this course. And let's not forget, guys, T17, last last time he played at the Valero Texas Open. Maybe he's finally starting to figure something out and maybe missing that major for the first time in 12 years or however long it was, was that kick in the butt that he needed. I
3: really hope you're right. I really hope you're right. Seeing Ricky Fowler uh, on on TV on Sunday when when the coverage is actually on would be phenomenal. So, really rooting for that. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to jump up to 8,700 this week. I'm going to go with the 2017 champion of this event. That's right. He won it when it was played at a different course, but he's played it seven other times here at At Quail Hollow, he's only missed the cut once. Top 10 in there, top 25 in there as well. And he's just playing what I could argue... Without a win is the best golf of his career, and that's Brian Harmon. He finished third at the Players, fifth at the match play, 12th at the Masters, 13th at the RBC Heritage, and then he had a couple of weeks off to to just kind of recharge, retool. But, man, he's playing good golf. I like him this week at Quail Hollow. So I'm going to run Brian Harmon out at 8,700. Of course, Scott Twy on the bag, friend of the show from here in the state of Oklahoma. Then my next most expensive, we're on the Pokes train, How could I not roster Victor Hovland after that Sunday round that he had at Valspar? I I think the way he hits the ball, this course could set up really well for him. I like Victor Hovland to seriously contend this week and be in the hunt to get his third PGA Tour victory. He has just been rock solid lately. He's so good,
4: man. So good. Yeah, exactly, and so I'm going with my next pick. I'm going – I'm actually skipping the 8,000s altogether. I'm going up to 9,100. Give me a guy who I'm scrolling back. I can't find a miscut in forever. That's my man, Joaquin Neiman, the Chilean himself. And he doesn't so miscuts. That's why he can't find one. I, I, he, he doesn't. I, I, I can't see one. I'm, I'm seeing a T8 last week, um, made the cut the Masters, 40th or whatever, lost in the playoff at the um, – in the match play to not get there, 25th at the Honda, 29th at the – at the uh, players and 28th at the work day. So, I mean, this is a guy who, like I said, he's just there on the weekends. Um, I feel like from what I saw at, during the Valspar, uh, which wasn't the most exciting tournament, but from what I saw it at Neiman looked like he was playing pretty good. So, I'm going to go ahead and ride that train for just a little above 9,000. Sounds pretty good to me.
3: Just, just real quick, do you all know when the last time he actually missed a cut was? Um, I can scroll down it, and it find it. It would have been August 20th, the Northern Trust. Wow. The Northern Trust, the first playoff event, was the last time he missed the cut. Phenomenal, for, for And, and I
4: pick him this week. It'll be the first
0: one. So. Absolutely. <laughs> it is the kiss of death. He's due. He's due. He's 100%. definitely due. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go with a guy who has not been on his best form. He's really been in bad form for his standards. Oh. However, he has one here. And I think that uh, his master's performance might have uh, gave him a little kick in the butt uh, to go figure some things out. Uh, So, this is actually my winner of the tournament this week. Oh, no, you're going to do it. Oh, he's going to say it. I'm picking Rory McIlroy. Oh, to win the tournament? To win the tournament. Oh, Oh, man. baby. That takes some stones. That takes some
3: stones. Best bet.
0: Plus money.
3: It's not that I don't like it. I mean, his finishes here. First, second, tenth, eighth, first, fourth, eighth, sixteenth is his worst. I mean, he loves the golf course. You think him and
4: Pete Cowan got something figured out? I hope so. Hope so. <laughs> <laughs> hope so. If you picking him to win the golf tournament,
0: what's what's your next? You, uh, and then I'm going. More? Yeah, I got one more. Obviously, I'm skipping the uh, the nine thousands altogether. I went straight to ten thousand with Rory, and then I'm going all the way up to ten thousand eight hundred. The best player in the world right now, in my opinion, John Rahm has made eleven of eleven cuts, seven top tens. That's unbelievable golf. John Rom just killing it this year. It's hard to find a round where you know he's negative strokes gained ever really. John Rom, you know this in my opinion the most solid player on tour. Uh, So John Rom is the safe pick this week, along with guys like JT uh, and and uh, and Rom. So yeah, anyways, I like
4: Rom this week. I'm not going to waste much time. I mean, he Sam just mentioned everything. Finished fourth back here in 20. Uh, actually, no, the the event wasn't played here in 2017, so this is his first time playing here. But when he did play here in the uh, PJ Championship, he finished 58th. But we all know he's a better player now, and we know that majors his mental mental game can kind of get to him a little bit. So I'm a, I'm a roster Rom, and I really don't see any reason not to because if if he misses the cut, that's the ultimate kiss of death. Let me Yeah, tell you. I would
3: love to roster Rom. I unfortunately do not have ten thousand eight hundred left available to roster John Rom. <laughs> So I'm going to roster Rory McElroy at ten thousand. Wow. He's not my pick to win the tournament. He's not my pick to win the tournament. I do think he's just really good value at ten thousand. There's several guys ahead of him. I mean, even a guy like Webb is ahead of him. And I just I can't get over the previous results at this golf course. I'm just staring at it, and it's staring back at me saying, it's just a thing of beauty. It's an absolute thing of beauty when you got single digits all the way down the line for a decade at a golf course, including two wins. And, you know, obviously hasn't been playing good golf, but it's been a month. A lot can change with your golf game over the course of a month. Now, you bring it out to a tournament, it's still a little different. He'll have to, to iron some things out. But I like Rory McIlroy. He needs to iron with,
0: some things out. He
3: definitely needs to iron some things out. I like Rory McIlroy uh, with the value at 10,000. So that wraps up our DraftKings picks for the week. Let's move on to one and done picks where last week you uh, you had Connors, Taylor, Sam, you had Paul Casey and I had Jason Kokrag who was the highest finisher but they were all relatively close. Kokrag finished at 7-under. Casey and uh, Connors finished at 5-under. So I'll go ahead and throw mine out at you. I already mentioned it Brian Harman, I, I just think he's playing better golf than he's played in a long, long time. I, I really thought about pulling the trigger on Rory here. You think but, this course fits his game? Uh, I mean, he's made the cut here a bunch. Not a lot of high finishes at this golf course, but he has made the cut a bunch. I just think... He, he's just playing really good golf. I mean, I think you can make the argument that the way he hits it, Augusta doesn't fit his game. Yeah. He finished 12th at Augusta, uh, you know, match play down in Austin Country Club. He, he went on that streak where he made like seven birdies in a row on Bubba. He's just playing really good golf. So I'm going to go with a guy who's hot. I was between him and Rory. I thought about pulling the trigger on Rory in the one and done, but I thought, you know, he's the type of talented player that I could see just getting on a, a white hot stretch in the playoffs or something later this year, and maybe I could save him for the very end of the season and hope that something goes as well, if he finds some form, so I'm going to run out Brian Harmon this week and the one I've done.
4: Okay. All right, all right. You so who, who's uh, yeah? Because we tied, so who? who? Uh, you
3: tied, so flip a coin. Sam goes first. All right, so I'm going to need Great the cards. Cl- <laughs> I'm going to need
0: the cards, Colby.
3: Oh, we need the cards. I uh, got the, the cards. The cards, the cards right are right in front right of me. So. Is it degenerative of us that we have a
0: deck of cards just right here every time? <laughs> no, it's, it's just ready in case we need it. Yeah, just absolutely. In case. So here's my deal. So I I'm I just picked Rory to win the tournament. You did, but. I I really love Max Homa this week, and I haven't picked him for my one-and-done. Defending champ, it was two years ago. Yeah, and I really like Corey Connors this week. Okay. So, I'm going face card is Homa. Okay. Or, sorry, face card is Connors. Face card is Connors. Connors.
3: Okay. Any Any
0: other card is Homa. Tim does not count as a face card, or does. How are you playing it? Ten does not count as a face okay. card. So face cards. What Connors. about Ace? And then an ace. ace is a face card. Ace is Rory.
3: Oh, Ace is Rory.
0: Yeah. Okay. So Jack, Queen, King. But gives I kind of want to. Yeah. But it makes me because I, I want to save Rory. Rory for for Tory or Kiwa. Well, don't throw him in then. Do you want to throw him in? No, because if we if I draw an Ace and I just picked Rory, fair he's gonna win this week. That's less than
3: ten
4: percent chance
0: to right, get it. So. so you got
3: Ace for Rory, Jack, Queen, King. Get you Corey Connors. Anything else? Get you Max Homer. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I like it. Cards are fanned. If this is an ace, card selection is in process. Please be an ace. Please be an ace. Uh, class Max Holma, five. Max Holma on the, the board. Five
0: of spades. So. Max Homa, it is. Yeah. he's going to shoot five under in the first round. Plain get off to a golf. hot start. He
3: said he was able to work it both ways off the tee last week, which is something he's
4: not uh, used to having great control of. So could be beneficial this week at Quail Hollow. Yeah, once you get your swing into a groove to where you can do that, then then you're going to be able to get the ball rolling. And so my one and done pick, guys, someone who has literally no course history here, or at least that I know of, because he hasn't played any professional events on this golf course. But I'm going back, and we're talking about guys who we're trying to find. Last time they missed a cut. I'm going back, and I have to go to the Sanderson Farms um, in 2020 to find the last time I missed a cut. Finished second at the Masters. Ball striking machine, kind of like Corey Connors last week. Didn't do what I wanted, but I'm gonna ride trains while they're hot. Give me Will Zalatoris. Will Zalatoris. I just, okay. I think that I think he's on one of those runs. He's wow. He's not a PJ tour member, and he's 28th ranked in the world. No, yeah, I'm,
0: I'm saving for the playoffs. See, my best bet this week. <laughs> one of my best bets this week is Homa. Plus 110 versus Alatoris. Really? I, I, I think that's a, that's a really good...
3: Head to head matchup. Holman yeah, Zellatoris is a great head to head matchup. Uh, my best bets for the week. I'll throw one out at you. Taylor, you mentioned Neiman. I like Neiman at 30 to 1. I think that's really good value on him. And it's interesting the way odds bounce around. Last week, you could have gotten Max Holman at 70 to 1 at the Valspar, a place where he'd missed the cut in three previous tries. This week, coming in as the defending champion, all the way down to 35 to 1. So half as good of odds as last week. Uh, so I like Neiman at 30 to 1. You scroll down a little bit further. I, I just. Keegan Bradley is 60-1, to but it's just so hard for me to, to go with him after the putting week, but he hits the ball so well. It's just at some point maybe the putter has to work, maybe, or am I being optimistic? Optimistic. Yeah, he's just a bad putter. Don't don't put your money on him. You talked me out of it. Uh, long <laughs> shot, though. Long shot, though. If you're going to throw money in a long shot, throw it at Harold, Harold Varner, 80-1. to 1. Member at, at the course, uh, and I think that he is poised for a breakthrough at some point. He he has the Sunday woes. He gets himself into a lot of contention. Uh, not a lot of contention. He, he gets himself in contention four or five times a year where he has a chance to win on Sunday and just hasn't quite been able to get it done. At some point, he's going to win on the PGA Tour. Why not this week at 80-1? Yep.
0: I, I, hey, and so do you have any anything else on the Wells Fargo, T dub?
4: Um, I'm just gonna say, you know, to go to go along with that, I mean with the course playing if, if they wanna set the course up long like they can at seventy six hundred, that's why I just think of I think of Long players, ball strikers and guys who have obviously played well here before just because they know how to get around the green complexes. So um, I just think that it's one of the better courses that you see for a um, for just a regular tour stop event because like I said we've had a major there and we're having a president's Cup coming up. so I think this is going to be I think it's going to be a really fun tournament and um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it and I, I don't know about you guys, this is one of my favorite golf courses that they come to on an annual basis.
0: Yeah,
3: I think so, too. And I think that I will have much more uh, watching and rooting interest this week than I had a week ago in the Valspar. It was just, man, it was Sam Burns and Keegan Bradley, basically a two-man race all weekend, and you knew what was going to happen. You knew Keegan was going to miss putts, and and Sam Burns ended up running away with it on Sunday. It was just really boring. I think this week gets us back on track with exciting golf.
0: Oh, absolutely. And Quail Hollow is major type course that we get to see every single year it's definitely in my top five of you know courses that they go to every single year um now that we're you know off the wells fargo i want to give a quick shout out i went and spoke to uh the edmond north girls golf team last night and so they are headed up today to go play in the state championship at broken arrow golf and athletic club uh so good luck to those girls uh hopefully Edmond North goes out and wins and beats those Tulsa girls. Uh, but, uh, but I hope everyone plays well. And then, and then exciting news. I tweeted this out the other day, but we're going to be live covering the high school state championship six, a presented by Madison custom homes. It's going to be awesome. If anyone saw what we did for the big 12s, uh, it was pretty groundbreaking. And so this will be the first time ever that you can see, uh, live shots, uh, from, you know, the high yeah. school state championship.
3: Absolutely. And to find those, at the 73rd hole on Twitter. We'll have some stuff on the 73rd hole Instagram as well. And we'll basically be uh, recording the shots and getting them up just as soon as we can. Assuming the cell service cooperates and it should as we'll be in the Tulsa area. I know that tournament's being played out at Forest Ridge. Uh, really nice course there just east of Tulsa. So that will be a lot of fun next week. Got to give a shout out today as well. Oral Roberts is in the Summit League and Jack Howells from Oral Roberts won the Summit League championship by seven shots at a tournament. That was played at Sand Creek Station in Newton, Kansas, just north of Wichita. ORU finished second as a team behind Denver. Uh, is, is UMKC now in the Summit League? Sam. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, so we don't want to talk about how they finished it at at uh, conference tournament.
0: No. Okay.
3: We, we're, we're, going we're going to just we'll throw that on the wreck. We're just, just, just going to pretend <laughs> that uh, that they didn't tee it up last week. So uh, great stuff from Jack Howes, winning by seven. Winning by seven at any level is not easy to do.
4: No, it's not. No, not at all. And and so to go out there and well, I believe it's three rounds or, or four rounds, whatever. It's, it it doesn't matter. To win by seven just goes out and shows that you're playing a really a different golf course than everyone else is. And hopefully they'll be able, he'll be able to keep that going into the um into the regionals and national events. So. Yeah, no
0: doubt. Uh, Jack How is a guy that I played a little bit of golf with and being at ORU and me being at UMKC. Uh, I'm really happy for Jack and really glad that uh, his golf game is better than his Fortnite game.
3: So, oh! Shots fired. Shots fired. Apparently not by Jack House on Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> build those walls. Yeah. Hashtag yeah. build those walls. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, what else? Anything else
4: we need to hit? W- one thing I want to ask. It's a little outside the golf world, but oh, hit me. You're a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. We got a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan in here. I'm not. I don't, I, I just root from my fantasy team. So I, around, smell, I smell a pizza bet in here. So <laughs> so with all my um, with all NFL interest, the NFL draft is here. I want a final take from two huge NFL fans. How did the drafts go for your teams? Let's see, Eagles won the draft.
0: In my opinion, we Eagles got, won the draft. We got Dickerson on the cheap because he. he obviously, he hurt his knee, uh, but we got Diggerson, the great offensive lineman from Alabama. The good offensive lineman from Alabama. He's great. And then, <laughs> and then uh, obviously, uh, with Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, it's like
3: 120 pounds. Yeah,
0: and he's going to be running <laughs> all over those cowgirls. I really like Devontae Smith, but now
3: I have to hate him because he's an Eagle.
0: That's so how that? I felt about CD. Pizza bet. Cowboys
3: <laughs> win more games than the Eagles next year.
0: You got it. You got it? Wow. Pizza bet. All right. That's an easy pizza
3: bet to make because even if you lose, you don't have to pay it off for like 10 months. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that should be a lot of fun. They're going to have to run the the Wildcat offense. Yeah. They They need somebody who can throw it in Philly. That's all
4: I'm saying. They need somebody who can throw it in Philly. I, I love being they in do. the same room with two huge fans of division rivals. This is going to be great throughout the oh, year. Because you know really all I get to do is talk smack on both of y'all's teams if they suck. <laughs> oh, 100%. What really and and if they win, here. I can jump on the bandwagon and celebrate with you. 100%. Yeah.
3: Uh, Rodarius Williams, who was one of my favorite players at Oklahoma State this past year, he got drafted in the sixth round by the Giants. And as much as I hate the Eagles, I actually think for my, my hate for the Giants might eclipse my hate for the Eagles. And I just, I hate that. Roderick Williams truly was one of my favorite players to watch at Oklahoma State. And now he's a Giant, and I just, I can't do it. I cannot root for a New York Giant. You might no. be a good person. You might be a great player. And, and I might absolutely love you. But as soon as you put on the blue and red,
0: you're dead to me. The, giant, I just, I the can't Giants do it. come out every year and... Beat the, beat the Cowboys in the first game. I don't want to talk about it, Sam. Okay. So, Tell so, but, why did
3: you bring this up? So basically, why did you bring this up? I'm going to be rooting
4: for the for the Washington football team and the New York Giants this year is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh.
3: that's I can't even I can't even go down that road. Uh, if you want to go down a road and end up somewhere good, head 15 minutes west of the Metro. See our good friends at Diffie Ford Lincoln, selling cars and trucks to Oklahomans. For 67 years, the absolute best in the business, awarded the President's Award in 2020. Only Ford Lincoln dealer in the state. To be awarded uh, that award in both Ford and Lincoln. So great stuff from the crew at Diffie Ford Lincoln, just 15 minutes west of the Metro on I 40 in El Reno. Gentlemen, Quell Hollow this week, Walker Cup this week. Good, good luck to Austin Eckrode and Quade Cummins, friends of the show uh, and, and players here at the state schools in the state of Oklahoma. We hope they play great, get a bunch of points, and bring home a trophy.
4: I just wanted to let everyone out there know we're not skipping it or we didn't forget it. We're, we're not doing our weekly strength of field guessing game because it's not out yet at the time of recording. So so that is why we did not play it this week. Just wanted to make sure all listeners knew and be like, well, why aren't they doing that? Because I know that's something that, that everyone out there likes to listen to. So
3: yeah, and If somebody's thinking, well, doesn't it come out the same time each week? It does. We usually record late on Tuesday afternoons and get the preview out, but we had Ryan Rohde joining us this morning, so we went ahead uh, and recorded our preview for the Quell Hollow. We appreciate everyone joining us. We will be back next week with uh, recapping Quell Hollow and the Walker Cup, and we'll also have the live coverage from the 6A State Championships at Forest Ridge next Tuesday, May 11th. So, thanks everybody for joining us and listening once again to the 73rd hole the official podcast of golf oklahoma